All right. We are going to talk about the Hierophant or Hierophant. Now, uh, as I recall, you actually looked up the pronunciation, didn't you? I did, because I pronounce everything wrong, as you've probably realized. Um, if you've been listening, bad. I pronounce Hebrew words wrong, Egyptian <laughs> words wrong, and English <laughs> words wrong. So when I was doing um, a reissue of my Rosetta Tarot, I was writing the words phonetically in hieroglyphs. So I wanted to make sure that I was pronouncing it right. And according to the English Oxford Dictionary, it's hierophant. Which is so wrong. Can I just say that's so wrong? Because, um, you know, this is from Greek. Hieros, Hieros means, gamos, Hieros yes. means sacred and fantes is uh, revealer. So it's it should be hierophantes. And um, revealer of the mysteries, revealer, revealer of the mysteries. And if you say that, it should sound like hierophant. So, so I'm I'm probably maybe gonna, they're wrong. They're, <laughs> well, there's a grand tradition in English of just reappropriating other people's languages and saying it however the hell. Because I always said hierophant, and then when I looked it up, I said, oh, it's another yet another instance of me pronouncing something wrong. I think we're just right. Um, so anyway, I think no matter what you say, potato, potato, we'll say we'll say both. <laughs> we'll say both, and I think it's perfectly fine because all this stuff is ultimately completely arbitrary. Uh, the other titles of this card are Pope, the Pope, the High Priest, as in the counterpart of the High Priestess, Master of the Sacred Mysteries. Yeah, one definition of that word is a priest of the Eleusinian Mysteries. Uh-huh. Which is uh-huh. interesting because that's, you know, an agrarian cult. So we have Taurus. We're bringing back in the grains. Taurus and, the, and Demeter. And pomegranates. And and yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, hermetic title, Magus of the Eternal Gods. Uh, make sure you got the plural on that. Wouldn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> um, and also... Now, this is really curious. This is just a Marseille. Well, not a Marseille, but um, this is actually uh, Tarot de Besançon, which is uh, sort of uh, contemporaneous, I think, with the Marseille decks. It's, it's, uh, if you've ever seen the one J.J. Swiss deck, the card of the Hierophant is actually um, called Jupiter and the uh, and Juno, high priestess is Juno, yeah. which, is, which is because, you know, the Swiss were Calvinists and they were very suspicious of the Roman Catholic Church. So you couldn't have a pope or a popus or whatever. It had to be Jupiter and Juno. You know, I, when I, I love the imagery of that deck, but when I got it and I saw Jupiter and Juno, I was like, what the <laughs> because you know i can't i can't interpret the high priest and and uh, and priestess as secular rulers they just don't you know they don't have that about them so mm. anyway so if you use a i'm really surprised that weight went with the title hierophant or hierophant rather than the pope because mm. look at the image <laughs> <laughs> right 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 it is surprising Anyway, if you use a 1JJ Swiss deck and you um, and Jupiter works for you, I'd love to hear about it and see how you make that thing go, because I can't do it. All right, so, uh, so let's talk about the um, astrological association of this card. So yeah, we're into another card of a zodiac sign, Taurus. Fixed Earth. Fixed Earth, um, ruled by uh, ruled by Venus. And of course, the moon is exalted in Taurus as well. 
that takes us from April 20-something to May 20-something. All right, so what references to Taurus do we have in these cards? Many, I believe, especially in the Thoth one. Definitely in the Thoth card. Mm-hmm. Less, very much less so in the Rider Waite card, at yeah. least at first, um, at first glance, I don't mm-hmm. see any. Yeah, in, there's some You some almost very can imagine ones. that on those pillars, those uh, designs could be be sort of bullheadish, but they're clearly not. Um, I'm imagining that they could be, but if they're, you, they're not. Yeah, if you look on the throne sort of by his ears, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, there's these sort of solar things, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and David Hulse, who can see anything in anything, <laughs> says that those are bull bullhead glyphs. Oh, um, he's hallucinating. <laughs> well, I suppose. Okay, if you put a dot inside of a bullhead Taurus yeah. symbol, maybe? Maybe. It's pretty It's pretty, it's pretty much pretty a sketchy. stretch. Um, and, oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, the other thing was the other reference, which, um, which I just saw this morning, was that he's got a little tiny bit of blue robe under his red robe, and the that was an uh, association with the moon, which is exalted in Taurus. Hmm. Again, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, there's not very... I don't really see Taurus on this card at all. On the not so version. much. Not not so much in the Waitsmith. However, uh, Crowley more than makes up for it. Yeah, he's got... A, he's basically sitting or on or somehow wrapped around a giant bull for a throne <laughs> that can't be comfortable it does just seems like a very bad idea and then you know you've got the the bull as one of the four tetramorphs so the four mm-hmm. cherubic beasts in one corner you've got the elephant which is also a uh, fixed earth kind of taurian yeah um, yeah the bull elephant anyway symbol mm-hmm. then you've got behind his head you've got that it looks like the rose window of the cathedral kind of thing. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a hint of that. Um, that Venus. That Venus orbit. Mm-hmm. If So if you track the orbit of Venus through her cycles, it forms a pattern that looks very much like a Tudor rose. And mm. Mm. just like that stained glass window in the cathedral. Right, right. It, which is worth... Um, it's worth looking at those uh, if those of you and it's a five petaled mm-hmm. rose, so there's another mm-hmm. there's reference, the reference to five to five, right? And five also, if you think of okay, going into uh, the weapons of Gabora for for five, mm-hmm. there's the pentagram which you see on this card. Mm-hmm. There's the five petaled uh, Tudor rose which you see on this card, and there's the sword which you see on this card. Oh, I see. So right. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five is so integral to this card because of that, you know, there's the pentagram right in the middle and that idea of spirit added to to the four uh, right, elements the of matter. Mm-hmm, the quintessence. The fifth power of mm-hmm. the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, we also have a Venus ruler of Taurus reference possibly in that woman who's standing in front of the Hierophant. Could be Venus, could be Isis. Um, Ma'at. Or Ma'at, really? I, I, I think, think of so? the woman girt with the sword adjustment, you know, the if you look at the adjustment card in the Thoth mm-hmm. deck, she's very much balanced on her toes with the sword between mm-hmm. her... Um, mm-hmm. And and that's Libra, and that's ruled by Venus. By Venus. Right, 
Right. She's also got a moon in her hand, or is that a bow? It's either a moon or I thought it was like of a crescent sickle, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, Hierophant being a priest of the Eleusinian Mysteries, the the sickle as the reaper, the harvest. um, I like that. Right. Or it could be the crescent moon be, or, or the, you the, know, moon. the moon's yeah. exaltation The in moon's Taurus. exaltation, and there's another reference to the moon's exaltation in the number of nails at the top. There are nine, nine of them. Nine nails, which is Isode. Right. Well, there's the dove, which is the dove of Venus. Oh, yes. We the have the dove and serpent. Right. There? Yep, the serpent so, and the dove again. Right, the descending dove. So this is over his right shoulder if you're looking uh, at the card. And then it, also the... Um, if you again that rose window like thing behind his head you know you mentioned that if you cut the apple that way you see that pattern so there's another venus eve Mm -hmm. uh, which again taurus venus reference Mm -hmm. the five right yeah venus is hidden in plain sight everywhere here where did we see last time we had dove and serpent where was it uh was it in the magus i mean last time when we recorded because I know, well, serpents are everywhere. Serpents are everywhere. That's. <laughs> I think one of our recordings, you 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 asked me, oh, what? I think it was in the Magus. You asked mm-hmm. me to talk about the meaning of the serpent, and I just froze because there's a gazillion. <laughs> uh, that the serpent is everywhere, the and there are so many meanings that it's all within context. That can so. be like the subtitle for our podcast. <laughs> Fortune's wheelhouse: serpents are everywhere. Well, you know. It, in in the Tabula Mundi deck, I I, I geeked out one time and did a them, spreadsheet and I counted the the number of animals of every type in the deck by far serpents one mm-hmm. and I kind of tried to get people to guess how many there were and nobody even came close and nobody could find them all except for me and I might have even missed a few because there are more than a hundred. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And the serpent, of course, is sort of uh, reminiscent of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, the, the tarot has many times been uh, described by people as like that knowledge that's been passed down to us. Um, but again, the serpent reference, uh, Devon serpent re- reference specifically, is a and something it's on, the t- it's on the tower card as well. The- right, with the descending dove of grace and the rising serpent that winds its way up the, the tree of and life. It come, you know, it comes from I am, mm-hmm. I am the dove and the serpent. No, there is love. There and is there love is and love. love. Mm-hmm. There is the dove and the ser- the serpent and the dove choose thee well. In the Book of the Law, chapter 1, verse 57, the goddess Nuith speaks, Invoke me under my stars. Love is the law, love under will. Nor let the fools mistake love, for there are love and love. There is the dove and there is the serpent. Choose ye well, he my prophet hath chosen, knowing the law of the fortress and the great mystery of the house of God. Wow. So that's... Um... The House of God is a tower it's reference. The tower, it's yeah. another title mm-hmm. for the tower. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, Dove and Serpent. Um, if Crowley but, had but, a tavern, that's what I it would be if, called. I think if we, if we do a little research, we'll come mm-hmm. up with the, the biblical precedent to that. There's, yes. a, there's a definite Dove and Serpent. I forget. I'm not a Bible scholar by any means, so I mm-hmm. can't remember exactly where it is, but it's probably fairly easy to find. 
Okay, thanks to the awesome power of the internet, uh, we have found it. It's Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 16, and uh, actually um, we can go to verse 15. Uh, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> Skip to Sodom. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't really have a problem with Sodom and Gomorrah, but it just didn't make sense to... Uh, it was unfinished. Just go straight okay. to the meat. Straight to 16. Okay, this is Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Uh, and then it goes on to say, but beware of men, they will deliver you up to the councils, they will scourge you in their synagogues, etc., etc. Okay. The scourge, another weapon of Gaborah. Is that true? Well, yes. that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess these are, these are the words of Jesus, actually, speaking to his 12 apostles um, and to telling them to uh, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Choose so, the well. Choose the well. And, it, you know, it kind of makes sense that there's a biblical reference like that in the Hierophant card. Yeah. Right. So we were talking about Dove and Serpent oh, you know, only because of Venus, really. We yeah. were still on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think those are all the, well, at least so far, those are all the uh, Venus references that mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see in the cards i found you one found i found one that could be a venus reference i suppose in the rider wait smith deck and Ooh, see on his tunics there's the rose on the priest on the left and the lilies on the yes. priest on the right well the rose is one of the symbols of venus yes so right. okay there's some venus Yes, and it's also sort of that same sort of serpent dove type thing, rose versus lily. Jesus and Mary, sometimes they say the the rose and the lily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And again, sex and death. Right. Right, with the rose representing carnality, passion, and women, and the somewhat uh, phallic lily drink <laughs> uh, representing death and the male principle, mm. or something like that. Okay. As far as decans of Taurus goes, um, we have the five, six, and seven of discs or pentacles or coins or what have you, um, otherwise known as worry, success, and failure. Wow, that's like the story of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. So um, the pinnacle of success bordered on either sides by worry and failure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, and that sort of makes sense for Taurus because it's such a, a thingy sort of sign, you know, the idea of yeah. the And the world. central the central card there, success being the moon ruling it, it shows the instability of that. Yes. You know, success like is fleeting. Mm-hmm. It's sweet. Enjoy it while it lasts mm-hmm. because it's always going to be, there's going to be ups and downs. And Right, right. Moon has its exaltation in Saurus. In, in Saurus. In <laughs> Moonosaurus. Moon has its exaltation in Taurus. So there's this moment of glory, but it's either waxing or waning. So uh, it's going to change no matter what. And then 
Mercury in Taurus as worry is interesting because, you know, it's slow. Mm. Yeah, Mercury mm. wants to be fast and Taurus does not want to go fast. Right. It's very slow (laughs) and plodding and solid and Mercury's... Right. The winged messenger does not like to ride the bull. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And failure, of course. Saturn. Saturn. More heavy, heavy. Uh, Heavy Taurus. So it's, you know, this idea that Almost too heavy, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, um, there's a, there's again a, a slowness to it and a sense that there's a sense of real stamina in it too. I've noticed with the seven yeah, of discs I that see you can persevere. That card is about endurance, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the toil of man and just, yeah, enduring till the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Saturn is compatible with these long-term projects. Right, and, you not know, exactly fun. Not exactly putting fun. In, putting in the effort. There's this idea with the Seven of Discs, uh, when you look at it, that the guy, you know, the idea in the weight card was that she was trying to depict the possibility of potato blight. She's got nightshades on there. They are, of course, growing up in a very unpotato-like fashion. But he's he's leaning on his hoe, and he doesn't know because you never know with potato blight till you dig it up. You know whether you've got potatoes or mush, and uh, so this it's the that moment of assessing and wondering and what you're going to do. What's your plan B? So start digging, start digging. These two, these cards of Taurus are really um, personal for me because I remember last year in Taurus, I believe it was, I drew the five of discs and the seven of discs together one morning and I was about to leave for New York uh, to go to the James Beard Awards. And I was like, well, that's, that's terrible, but, (laughs) but, but of course it's all going to be fine. So I went and I taught my class and then I, drove to the parking lot where I was going to meet the bus. I saw the bus there. I went in to get a permit for my parking. I came out, the bus was gone. So I had failed at getting my bus. And then uh, and then I had to take a very expensive train to get to my event Material time. worry. Exactly. So here we had, you know, exactly the, the poverty and the failure <laughs> all in one day. And But anyway, so... So so every time now that I get the seven of discs, um, I'm very careful to plan ahead and to respect Saturn as the Lord of Boundaries and not try to mess with the schedule or be overly optimistic, but just to plan, look, have a plan B. And that seems to be a better way to deal with that card uh, with those when you, when you're dealing with the worldly things of Taurus and the restricting effect of Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the, the quote that, Crowley says about that card, he's like something about when all else fails, you can still go toil in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's something grounding about uh, about uh, facing failure in that way. All right. So uh, Hebrew letter? Nail. Vow. Mm-hmm. Vow. Vav. Vow. Vow. Uh, meaning nail, joining together, which to me is so uh, meaningful for this this card, I mean, the, the pontifex actually means in in Hebrew is the conjunction and. Well, wow. so it's mm-hmm. con- con- it's a connector. It connects two things together. In in this mm-hmm. case, the the above and the below, because um, this brings the Kabbalah in a little bit. But if you look mm-hmm. at the um, the path, mm-hmm. from so Chokma being to from Hesed, it's it's connecting the the supernal triad. It's the first path that brings it down, mm-hmm. you know, well, 
you've got the priestess in the center there, but it's here it's the connector that brings the you know supernal father down to the more uh, mundane father, if mm-hmm. you will, of mm-hmm. Hesed. Right, right, and um, and also I I just love that idea of the nail that joins things together because the 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 pope figure is supposed to be that uh that bridge between that intermediary right? between yeah, yeah between heaven and earth and pontiff or pontifex literally means a bridge maker or bridge builder so there he is um fastening us to the divine um or trying to and it looks like in the weight card I don't know. Those look like three nails up at the in, in his <laughs> crown, doesn't it? it I mean, it does. It looks um, like that to me. Well, you know, our our, our friend David Hulse <laughs> says that that's a W because we say sometimes say well W, w. Well, w and U they are mm-hmm. the same letter. So mm-hmm. I okay, I'll buy that. But it also looks yeah. like three nails. As it well. also looks like three nails, and we have um, of course all those nine nails at the top of the Crowley mm. card. Um, so three and nine, I don't know. There's like we we talked about the nine being a lunar reference in mm-hmm. the in the curly card. Three, I mean Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I mm-hmm. don't know. Also, uh, ages of you know age of Osiris, Isis, mm-hmm. Horus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much in the weight card though. I Not so much in the weight card reference. Yeah. That I was trying to figure out what the three nails. Um, <laughs> right, right. In fact, there's um, uh, so many references uh, in the weight card to three. The the triple crown that. Pope's used to wear the mm. uh, triple staff, the three crosses on his. Uh, One thing we should put up on the website when we put up this card is uh, there's a painting by Van Eyck mm-hmm. called "Adoration of the Lamb" or mm-hmm. the "Adoration of the Mystic Lamb." Mm-hmm. And if you look at that painting, it's almost it's totally obvious that Waite based this card on that. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. It's quite striking. Yeah, we'll definitely put that up there. Oh, you know, in terms of bridge making, there's also the 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 hexagram and the pentagram in right. here. So the right. hexagram, there's, a, there's tons of hexagram and pentagram yeah. imagery. And hexagram here. we we see as the macrocosm, the heaven and earth joined right. together, and the pentagram as, as the, the microcosm, microcosm. You know, spirit and matter in, conjoined in the human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, there's another really interesting illustration. Uh, Eliphas Levi has called the something like the the diagram of macro prosopus yes. or something where yes. it's got the macro prosopus and yeah, the, yeah exactly yeah. and it's got on you know the Jehovah like figure on, with the table mm-hmm. and his reflection on the other end one's wh- the white and the black mm-hmm. um, mirroring each other the greater consonants and the lesser consonants yeah exactly and that's mm-hmm. another reference to you know the macro and the micro and the right the black right. god and the white god and, and of the, course we that the, the macro is and like, the severe mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The macro being, uh, you know, and there's that, again, that bridge between the supernal and uh, the supernal triad and the world below. Mm-hmm. And he's the connector. And he's the connector. Between. And interesting, if you look at the, uh, think of the Taurus as ruling the, the neck and the throat, mm-hmm. if the supernals, Keter being mm-hmm. the, uh, the the crown, mm-hmm. and they say that Hakma and Bina being the, the two lobes of the 
the brain mm-hmm. and then the next one down on at least on that pillar would be the neck would be Taurus so I don't know if that holds up through the rest of the zodiac in the diagram but it's kind of it was kind of interesting thought I'm just gonna check where we uh what but um but you know uh just as the emperor was associated with sight the hierophant is associated with hearing and Hmm. you know sound perhaps the um and the throat as the as the place where the voice generates Hmm. that's something to consider but yeah, I think the, a Taurus generally is supposed to be associated with the throat, right? Okay, let's see. So if we do the same thing we did on, um, well, I don't think we did it for the emperor, but on the empress, we talked about looking at opposites on the tree. I mean, we're getting mm. into the tree here. So, so the opposite would would be the other, be on the, the chariot? other pillar would be the chariot. So right. on the hierophant, he's the mediator between, you know, the hesed and... Mm-hmm. Um, Hakma down to Hesed, so he's kind of bringing down that spark of divine spark down, and then on the and other side he's got Bina the bringing down the water mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on the other side of the tree. So it's, that's another interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. The divine spark on the pillar of force, and the water on the di- uh, the divine, you know, uh, on the pillar of form from Bina to Gavura in the mm-hmm. form of the chariot, the Holy Grail. Right, that whole side actually, because below that, then you have the. Um, Mem card, the um, the hanged, the hanged man, man mm-hmm. which is another watery, and then on that the other pillar, I think the next one down would be the the wheel, wheel of, of fortune. fortune if so you see Jupiter as fire, another, yeah. Mm-hmm. So right, 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 right. Just an interesting, meditation. yeah. It is interesting to just sort of fold it over the middle pillar like that and think about it. Um, all right, to focus on symbolism. So let's talk about what uh, the the hand gestures in both of these figures. Um, Right. So right. on Waits card you've got the classic Pope's um benediction or what what do you call that? The uh Okay, so it is it is the sign of benediction and I think it's an as above so below reference. I've also seen it uh as a reference to uh the exoteric versus the esoteric, the revealed religion versus the um uh, secret. And that's really interesting with this figure because of course the the pontiff or pope is the intermediary, the idea that he's be he's st- sits or stands between what's known and what's unknown and is a regulator, negotiator of that relationship. Then there's the fact that, you know, it doesn't it's not very obvious in the card, but actually the two fingers should be a little bit separated which is the v mm, making the, the the v of roman numeral five yeah of roman numeral five and again there's another uh really interesting illustration by levi that shows that it's a hand making that symbol mm-hmm. and then it's got the shadow of the hand and it's forming the face of a demon wow and it's uh I forget what Waite calls it, but he translated it wrong because the way it was really written was it's the sign of reprobation, the sign of the damned or something like that. Yes, the devil's horns or something like that. Um, In the Crowley card, you can see it's more separate. Well, on the Crowley card, he does it with a separate hand. And with his left and it's, hand. He does it with the <laughs> other hand, and he does it upside down. So there's mm-hmm. the a, the verse symbol of the V. So mm-hmm. there's a, you know, there's mm-hmm. a meaning there. There's, there's, um, we also have both upright and averse pentagrams in this, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a, there's a deep meaning there between this, this upright triangle and the averse triangle of the, the V. So mm-hmm. if there's another illustration, 
called the sign of Solomon or something like that. And it's got the upright triangle white and the the um Averse triangle black and it's just mm-hmm. like that other reflection that uh reflected image of that guy mm-hmm. what's his name <laughs> sitting there that we just talked about um uh, that other illustration oh the the um macro yeah, yeah, and yeah. the micro mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like that there's an upright mm-hmm. white triangle and, mm-hmm. a, and an averse black triangle and it was really interesting. The other day, I just happened to be looking at an illustration of the Brotherhood of Light deck, and mm-hmm. that same symbol is mm-hmm. on the star card of that deck for, no some, for some reason. Hmm. So, enigmatic. Exceedingly. Mm. And isn't this the same symbol that we later see in the Ten of Swords in Rider Waite, the guy lying down on his face with the uh, Ten Swords in his back, and he's making us... Uh, oh, is he? Huh. He is. It's Well, that's it's, interesting. It is uh, remarkably strange. There's something uh, in that symbol, though, about the above and the below, mm-hmm. the, the juxtaposition of opposites and how light creates shadow. And there's, there's a meaning um, that I think think levi was hinting at with his picture of that that benediction creating the mm-hmm. shadow of a demon that um he may not have been able to be open about for the times but i think what he mm-hmm. was trying to say is that god and the devil are the same thing or at least that god created the devil if god created mm. everything then god also created evil mm-hmm. and the idea of the felix culpa or the happy fall uh, the idea that that the that it allowed the fall in the Garden of Eden allowed for redemption. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he is making that symbol. So yeah, ten of swords. Yeah, he's he's kind creepy. of like creepy. Yeah, and he's got the same white sleeves, red vestment as the hierophant in the in mm. the writer weight. Uh, this is the ten of swords guy with his, making the gesture with his hands. And you know, some people say it's a secret sign that everything's fine despite what you see, and some people say it's uh, sarcastic. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what about keys? Should we talk about keys? Sure. What do you want to okay. say about keys? Well, um, you know, it's just interesting, first of all, Hierophant's got keys beneath him, uh, beneath his feet. And keys, you know, again, the idea that the Pope is the, you know, the first Pope was St. Peter. St. Peter stands at the gates of heaven. Uh, right. I've heard them called, referred to as the keys of gold and silver or the keys of heaven and hell. Mm. Again, that's a whole devil, God, two halves of the same thing kind of right. reference. Right. And look at the look at the weight card, how he's got, see the three crosses on his, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call that thing? And then yeah. you've got the two crosses on his feet. So there's five, five crosses. Oh, but yeah. the two on his feet are actually, they look like they're upside down. So mm. then again, there's the, the whole mm. averse cross thing right. hinted at, which right. that's kind of interesting. And then on the Crowley uh, Hierophant, we have uh, a wand with three circles. That's, I the believe, three the three eons of right. uh, Isis, uh, Osiris, eons, and eons. Uh, there's, there's, there's my pronunciation. <laughs> and, uh, but it's also awfully key-like. You, know, um, you can imagine it being a key if you hold it by the, uh, the, by the, the circles. The, the, yeah, it is like a key. There's actually a lot of keys, the older skeleton keys. Mm-hmm, kinda, that look very look like that. A lot, they call them trefoil. Trefoil Trefoil. Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the th- whole three thing. So see the little infant inside the... Yeah, um, yeah that's Horus, right? Uh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's referred to as the thrice-armed warrior. Hmm. 
Mm. And the th- mm. the three weapons he has are the three alchemical sulfur, uh, oh, mercury, and salt. So I, I think, I wonder if there's any connection there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that whole ages, the the whole eons thing is interesting. That oh, you, and another Venus mm-hmm. reference. Uh, the the infant, the Horus infant child, has a sandal strap on his toe, which again is the Ankh. Whoa! The how can you see that, Venus? Uh, let's see. You have to look at the real card because this printout yeah. is very dim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's and a it's tiny all like little... green and um, yeah. Right. So if you so look that's... at the left foot of Horus in the pentagram inside uh, on the hierophant's breast, he's got like a a green sandal on his uh, on his right foot, left to us. Because green is the color of Venus, and of course, right, so the, her... the shape of the the sandal is mm-hmm. the shape of the glyph of Venus, mm-hmm. which is also an Ankh, which mm-hmm. is also a reference to the fifth power of the Sphinx. So this card, you've got the four signs of the four tetramorphs, the four glyphs in the corners, and in the hierophant or hierophant, it brings them all together. So basically, he's the Earth card. He's the bull, which is silence, mm-hmm. which is the you know the power of to be silent, but. Mm-hmm. He also has the four unified within him, the power to go. Right. And that sandal strap is an Egyptian hieroglyph for to go. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to understate, I mean, to overstate the significance of this card. There's just so much going on in it. The, I, I think the, the Hierophant in the Crawley deck has more meaning to it than almost any other card. It's There's so many layers that mm-hmm. you know you could almost write a little mini book on this one card alone yeah and there's also the just like creepiness of the hierophant's face the mask-like quality um right the of calcification the, almost of the old age uh, passing and giving way to the new and mm-hmm. i think uh crowley even mentions the the kind of creepiness factor of of him in a, <laughs> in a sense that um i think he says that his look on his face is somewhat sinister oh it sure is and sinister again. If you think in the meaning of sinister, it's mm-hmm. left. It's a verse. Mm-hmm. It's reversed. It's you know. There's all it those sure uh, those meanings beyond evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't talked too much about the tetramorph, and I actually that's the four beasts, the four, right? Yeah, the four beasts of the fixed signs. So yeah, this right. is that's a whole other thing that. We should talk about, and Crowley actually does something unusual as compared to the way they're portrayed in other Golden Dawn decks like the Waite Smith deck. Mm. Mm. So, okay, so let's talk about the four creatures. I actually pulled up the reference in the Bible. Um, This is from, this is Ezekiel's vision, Um, the prophet Ezekiel, and it is in, in fact, it's in chapter one. Let's see. They are they are they're called the uh, living creatures of uh, of Ezekiel, um, and I think it's a pretty long passage, but I'll try to try to find the beginning of it. Okay, um, so there's this giant cloud, fire, whirlwind. You know, clearly something odd going on, and then out out of the midst thereof, this is verse five. The came- alien ship landing. <laughs> came the likeness of four living creatures and this was their appearance they had the likeness of a man and everyone had four faces and everyone had four wings and their feet were straight feet and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass man i I want some of what he's got (laughs) (laughs) and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides and they and they four had their faces and their wings 
Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, now here we go. They four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side. And they four had the face of an ox on the left side. And they four also had the face of an eagle, right? Uh, Thus were their faces and their wings were stretched upwards, etc., etc. Yeah, so um, it's funny you say you want some of what he's having. If you if you <laughs> if you look up the uh, the hierophants role in the mysteries, he he, he was the uh, he passed out the entheogens. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he had a little extra for himself. Um, and there's a just just to note that when you it keeps going, but when you get to verse fifteen, it says. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold, one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces. And where will we next encounter the... Uh, the wheel. Yeah, in the Wheel of Fortune. So this, you'll see lots of references to them as, you know, the living creatures of Ezekiel. And in the universe. Mm-hmm. Or the creatures of Ezekiel, the four cherubic beasts. Uh, right. Yeah. So it's the four fixed signs of the zodiac that hold right. down the four corners of the universe, or the four royal watcher stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we have uh, Leo, Leo for the lion, for fire, yep. fixed fire. So the eagle for fixed water. That's Scorpio in its um, rarefied form. Uh, we have what is this scorpion? Uh, Snake, snor- scorpion, eagle, yeah, it's and tri- what's the other part- one? Tripartrate form, which is the uh, the 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 low form is the snake. Mm-hmm. Or no, is the scorpion. Then the uh, middle form is the snake, and the high form is, is the, the eagle. eagle. Right, because it's the sign of transformation. And then we have fixed air is the man Aquarius, and uh, fixed earth is the bull Taurus. And we have each of those uh, represented. Yeah, those points. are the the traditional, right? The, the usual attributions would be, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if but you, you have uh, so Crowley did something. Yeah, weird. he he um he actually in his deck both. So these these tetramorphs show up in two places in the Thoth deck on this card and on the Universe card. Mm-hmm. In the Wait Smith deck, they show up on the Fortune card and on the Universe card, mm-hmm. and. You know, the weight deck uses the traditional attributions, and you'll see that the uh, lion is opposite the man for the axis of Aquarius mm-hmm. and uh, Leo. So mm-hmm. Leo is the lion, and the angel or the man is Aquarius, whereas then you have the other axis of Taurus and Scorpio, mm-hmm. the bull and the eagle. So, right. but in the Thoth deck, you will see that the. Um, the man and the eagle have been reversed, mm-hmm. and there's a deep um, there's a deep reason and mystery for that. In that, uh, what what he did was he reversed them and made the eagle um, for Aquarius, which isn't actually a, a terrible attribution. It's it's actually quite a good attribution because mm-hmm. the eagle, the bird, the Aquarius and air, and there's a lot of uh, historical basis for that, um, and made the man uh, actually into the um, card for Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Well, the important thing is that we see these beasts repeatedly, and they, you know, and we use them for the four of everything, like four seasons, four right. apostles, uh, you know, four powers of the Sphinx, and uh, so when you see that, 
it's just a reminder. And I just think sort of generally in terms of the Hierophant being fixed earth, being Taurus, I mean, there's sort of a, you know, way of interpreting this card uh, rather than just as the Hierophant is mediator. A lot of people uh, use it interpretationally as you know, a stand-in for institutions and solidity and, you know, the things that we transmit generation to generation, um, hence the solidity of the gray stone pillars. So, you know, there's that and quality of fixed earth about said, it. It's said that's why these are masks rather than yes. the living creatures that are shown in the universe card. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Here they are the shells or... or... Mm-hmm. They're forms that we adopt. Right. Right. That's so interesting. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, well, we didn't talk about the hats. You want to talk oh, hats? The hats. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So there's the papal tiara, the three-tiered um, tiara that the Pope used to wear until like mid-20th century or something like that. Yep. And uh, then we have uh, in the Thoth deck, it also looks like the red hat of the, the Pope, but mm-hmm. it's also the crown of Osiris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does Snuffin call it? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so a phallic symbol. Yeah, yeah, there is like a staff of Osiris possibly on there if you look real close and you have the phallic symbol on there yep. as well. Yeah. So I I really like it as the Osiris reference. Um, you know, not just for the reference to the eons or aeons, but you know, in the Book of the Dead, if you look at the Book of the Dead as a as a metaphor for the spiritual quest where we are the deceased or we are the waking up, you Mm -hmm. know, um, Mm -hmm. we are the Osiris. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's the the other name of Osiris is Asar, the Mm -hmm. traditional, I think, Egyptian name would be Asar. And then there's the Asar Un-Nefir, which means myself made perfect. Mm. And I think Mm. it speaks a lot to this card, the the Hierophant, which gets a really bad rap. You know, a lot of people are very not fond of this card, but it's it's a teacher. It's it's associated with the holy guardian angel, that that still voice within that that shows us the way. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of wisdom there, and you have to make yourself the perfect vehicle in order to be silent enough to hear that voice. Right. So there's the death of the ego right there, the idea that you have to destroy yourself in order to surrender to uh, the received wisdom. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole other thing. This this is all more related to the Thoth deck than the other Rider Waite deck, but there's in the Book of the Law, there's a passage that seems to hint that well, the consort of the empress is usually the emperor. In the new tradition, the consort of the empress is actually the hierophant. Hmm. So the empress as Venus and then the the Taurus card, you know, mm-hmm. where Venus is ruled. Mm-hmm. And you can also look at it as he's the uh, the Hebrew letter Vau, which is the third in the divine name. So he's the son Right, right of the right. supernal parents, whereas she's the daughter, the daughter of, of the, the mighty supernal ones. parents. So they're right. a natural pair. So what else do we want to see? Um, well, 
I have some Styrax here. Oh, yeah, and we got to do the colors, too. So smells oh, and the colors. And colors. Okay, do the colors. Okay, so um, the primary color for the king scale. So if you think of the, the color scales as a rainbow, mm-hmm. they actually travel through the 12 signs from red, just they like do. The, the musical notes do down do. through the you know violet at so the other end of the scale. So this is just a little ways away from red. So it's red orange. Red orange. It's the next exactly. one down from red or up from red, however, whichever way you mm-hmm. look at the directions. So the the king scale color is red orange. Mm-hmm. So then you have um, the other three colors. So the queen scale is an indigo color, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because I think of the indigo as being a color of Saturn. Yeah. Now Saturn, this isn't a card of Saturn. It's a card of you know Taurus and Venus. But Saturn is heavy and solid, like the bull, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the elephant. And um, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me too of the going back to the name, the Magus of the Eternal Gods. Right. So who are the Eternal Gods? I mean, if you think of the concept of eternity, you're thinking of time and Kronos and Saturn. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there that's you go. Something that to think about there. So mm-hmm. so then after the uh, indigo and the return to the great sea of bina right oh mm-hmm. and the other thing about the red orange of the king scale i like to think of it as like you know red earth that color of yeah. red earth it's kind ochre. of a red mm-hmm. orange mm-hmm. yeah ochre so it's mm-hmm. a very earthy earthy thing in a color of you know man um mm-hmm. so then we've got the indigo and then the the prince scale color is a, like an olivey green right which again a really earthy color and then the brown of earth itself as the princess scale mm-hmm. color mm-hmm so you've got all these nice earthy browns and greens and ochery reds, and then you've got the the heavy indigo of Saturn. Right, which I think we see, I think that's supposed to be in the key form. There's And also in really the background of the card, mm, I think, is, yeah, uh, is yeah, an yeah, indigo. Yeah, definitely some indigos yeah. in the... Yep, yep, for sure. And, you know, indigo, again, it makes you think of the... The, the Great Sea of Bina, mm-hmm. you know, and that's another Saturn reference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and because it's red-orange, which is, as you were saying, just the next up on both the color scale and the musical scale, scale, which is C-sharp. Oh, I said that was a D. Okay, C-sharp is the color of reddish-orange, and uh, I don't know if there's any other... um, cards that are associated with C-sharp, but if there are, we will be sure to find out a little further down the line. So, um, so... It's we. It's not like we're done with C and red. We'll be back there with Mars, uh, the tower. Um, but for this card, it's specifically red-orange and specifically C-sharp. Okay, and we also have here a small amount of Styrax, um, which is kind of one of those vanilla-y resin smells. Again, it's, it's fairly critical. Sweet, yes. Yeah, it's in... Um, like labdanum, it's in uh, an amber base. You would find Styrax uh, for amber perfumes. And Styrax is pretty nice to work with. It's it's a little bit lighter in character than um, benzoin, I find. And uh, so I use it in my Taurus perfume. But I also did a lot of sort of Venusian rose stuff. And I put some cucumber in because 
that makes it smell like stone. <laughs> There's all this, you know, stone associations in my mind in the and the cucumber the hair frame. is <laughs> oh, a, a phallic symbol. Yes, <laughs> quite, quite so. Thank you very much. <laughs> and on that uh, note, as you can tell, we've been doing this all afternoon, and we're kind of ready for a beer. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that does it for the Hierophant, right? And we will be back next time with the lovers, where we will see the emperor and empress again in their alchemical union. So don't shuffle those cards back into your deck. Okay, see you next time.